you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Melissa, and I am not on with Dane today. Instead, I'm on with one of my certified practitioners and dear friend, Michelle Sudden from Wyoming. And so good morning, Michelle. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Melissa. I'm so glad to be here. Good. So usually in these interviews with our practitioners, I ask you, did you have your own horse when you were a child? So I know some of your background, but fill us in. Did you? I did not. My first experience with horses was at a dude ranch in San Antonio, Bandera, Texas, when I was 13 years old. I'd never taken riding lessons. Wow. Nothing. No horse experience at all. In fact, I took my first riding lesson when I was 30 years old. Wow. So then after that experience, were you bugging your parents to get you a horse for a while there as a teenager? Oh, I was bugging them before the dude ranch. And in fact, I think that's why they went to a dude ranch because they said, you know, oh, that'll fix her. And it didn't. It just made it worse. (laughs) That's right. It just made it worse. So when was the first time you actually had a horse partner? You had a horse in your life who was your horse. When was the first time? Mother's Day of 2000. I was 30 years old and I bought my very first horse, Little C. Nice, nice. So, I I mean, I know because I had horses as a child. So to me, you know, I had that little pony experience, you know. And so getting your first one as an adult, did you do like a lot of studying beforehand? Were you worried about it? Because as a kid, you're not worried at all. You're just like, yay, got a horse. (laughs) I did. I was actually taking riding lessons for about five months before I got her. And um, then I just dove into everything that I could go to, instructors and expos and all kinds of local stuff, just to learn as much as I could to be a horsewoman and to learn about horses. And that's how I met you. That's great. Well, thank you. So go on with that. How did you come into the program and how did you meet me? I had moved to Wyoming from Michigan in 2009. And in 2012, I went to the Rocky Mountain Horse Expo because horses out West are way different than horses out East. The life that we live, how they're boarded, the things that we do with them is so very different. And that old cowboy way was really not a fit for me, especially since I had Pasofino horses. And so I had gone to that expo and I actually went to a seminar of yours that had the word coaching in it. And I thought it was like high school equestrian coach, like coaching for writing lessons type of thing. And I was very surprised that that was not. And it introduced me to the world of life coaching and gestalt. And I entered your program in July, 2012. Nice, nice. Well, I'm certainly glad you did. You've been fantastic in your practice and always fantastic in our program. So that's terrific. When you got into the horses, you found the breed Pasofino. Were you looking for Pasofinos? Oh, no, not at all. In fact, I didn't know what a Pasofino was. lucky. (laughs) Yeah. And I was taking English riding lessons. And when I got on her for the very first time, I realized I couldn't post that fast. I had no idea what she was doing with her little feet. (laughs) How cute. How cute. Well, I, I think I've shared this with you before, but my very first boarding facility with my very first horse, Chica, I'm 11 years old. I get her to this boarding facility and they were some of the first importers, Paul and Phyllis Prince of Pasofinos into the United States. So I learned about them right off the block and we played 
cowboy polo. And so we'd ride bareback, our kids, we'd ride bareback. And the best goalies were those Paso horses because they had that extra little twist, you oh, know? Yeah. So they were like the best goalies on our team. <laughs> like, yay, there's a beach ball and brooms. It was so much fun. So, so walk me through your love of Paso's because I know that's a big part. Now, how many do you have today? How many horses? I have 10 horses total. Three of them are my girls' horses from 4-H, but I now own seven Pasofinos. Wow, that's great. And then the three uh, other three are what? Quarter horses or? The other three are Arabians. Arabians. Okay. Nice, nice companion horses for Pasos. That's great. All right. So talk us through, walk us through your love of Pasos. When I figured out what they were, and, and this is back in the early 2000s, so there wasn't a whole lot of internet and that kind of thing, but I reached out to as many Pasofino people I could, and I had the fortunate experience to get in touch with Lucy Goodenday in Ohio and her trainer, Tony. And I spent a week with him shadowing him, and the people that are involved in Pasofino's and the horses themselves were just a huge draw for me. Gosh, they were excited about the breed like I was, and it just was infectious. And so I started showing and traveling, and we changed our 4-H program in Michigan to include gated horses. And they've just, they've been a driving force for my love of horses and to get other people to experience that Pasofino breed because it, it is a unique and unusual breed that not everybody knows about. Yeah, exactly. They have wonderful temperaments. And to me, when I work with them in the work that I do, they're also very bright. And so they're they're expressive. They're opinionated, if I may say. They're a little opinionated, but they're clear. They're just very clear with what they want the, the client to understand and know and what they communicate back to us as coaches. And of course, that's in our method, they're they're definitely a partner and they're definitely giving that feedback on what they're feeling from the client and what they're seeing in the client. And I love working with PASOs because it, they're not blurry. You know, they're just very clear. Like, here's what I see. <laughs> it's a very confident, confident breed. So that's fantastic. That's great. Long before I ever met you and knew what life coaching was and what gestalt was and what partnership with horses and the work that we do was my little C started mirroring me and reflecting on things that I knew there was something there. And my husband saw it a lot of times. He's like, I don't know what's up with you, but you better quit it because your horse is going crazy. <laughs> Long before. And the Pasofinos in my life um, were doing stuff and showing up for us and my family in many, many ways that I didn't realize until I'd, I entered the program. You moved out to Wyoming and found the property. And was that the first property where the horses lived on site with you? No, in Michigan, they had lived with us on our um, about four acres oh, okay. or so. So they'd been right there, but we spent okay. two years, the first two years we lived here in Wyoming with them at a boarding facility outside of town that we had to drive back and forth to. And that was a rough two and a half years. And then you found your property in Rollins. And so describe what you've created there. I've, I've been there, I've driven uh, to it. I haven't walked all over it. So walk me through your property. I've seen a lot of your photos on Facebook and such. Rollins, Wyoming is high desert. So it is 20 acres of sagebrush and cactus. And it was a very, very blank canvas when we moved in. There was no landscaping, no pathways. There was a house and a barn and some fences. And so what I've created are 
gardens and pathways, round pinned where we do our, our beautiful work. And in all of those areas, the horses are in different enclosures, but they're all there and present and can see us and what we're doing, regardless of who's in the round pen with us. And so oftentimes there may be a few horses on the other side of the fence that are not directly in the round pen with us, but they're still working with us. They're still supporting the horse and the client in the round pen. And involved and giving their feedback, maybe to the to the horse in the round pen and to you as well. So I love that. And yeah, taking that blank canvas to it, I grew up in the desert, so I know what you're talking about. It isn't easy. It's not like in the East where you can throw seeds over your shoulder and they grow flowers. You've got to work at it and make it very inviting, but that's what you've done. You've made it such a welcoming, inviting place. And I I just absolutely love what you've done with it. Now, you named your company Triscoll Pathways. Walk me through the name Triscoll. I love it. Walk me through that. Triscoll is a Celtic word, and I come from a lot of Irish backgrounds. So I've always been drawn to their legends and lores and that Irish heritage that I have. And the Triscoll is one of the oldest symbols that shows up on rocks and carvings and and different artwork and things like that. And it's an old world that I think means like three-legged, but there's a lot of different meanings that have come into it. They look at it as life, death, and rebirth. It can be the mother the three aspects of the of the goddess and maiden mother crone and then the opposite with the men it's the the three aspects it's the different stages of life that we go through being a baby and infant and then being independent and then our older years and i also have three girls and so for that the number 3 has been very significant in my life And the three pathways that I offer in my healing practices is as massage, so the body work, the mind, and working through the things that go on in our head, and then combining that and fulfilling that through spirit. So those are my three healing pathways. It really is a perfect dovetail into the work that we do and into so much of it is mind, body, soul, and that you you hit all three there as well. So I know as a body worker, you incorporate a lot of energy work. And then of course, what you've learned in our program is how the horses are working that energy work all the time. And probably with many of our listeners that aren't even aware their horse is doing it, right? So they they sneak it, they sneak it in on people as much as they can. What have you experienced for yourself in working and doing the EGC work with your clients? Mm, That's a great question. You know, I entered into the program having that quote unquote normal life, not a lot of trauma, not a lot of significant stuff that happened throughout my childhood and my early adult years. And I still had work to do. I still had parts of me that I had to discover and learn, was that a was that something that was truly me or was it something that I fit myself into because of my upbringing or because of a job or whatever? And how could I show up more authentically? And there was a lot more subtle trauma that happened, I guess, that I wasn't even aware of. I just moved through it. I had skills that I was just born with, um, or maybe they did come from that normal upbringing that I had strategized and moved through. And boy, did they give me the 
skills and ability and the reflection to be able to help others find that spot too, that sweet spot and work through it. Yeah, I love how you're expressing that. And I would agree that, as you know, the majority of the people that come in to become an EGC gestaltist really have those backgrounds that cause us to look at our family and say, how did you get that messed up? And what ha- what's the occurrence for me? What's the byproduct from my family of me? And I think that's the majority because oftentimes with the tough family backgrounds, we feel called to figure it out and called to do something for others. But I always have that percentage of which you are one that had a great family and and, and there's no perfect family, but had a great family and had uh, parents that cared and that built your self-esteem and that, you know, assisted you the whole way. But just life, just plain old life in our culture, in who we are, in how we grow up. I mean, school can be part of it, all of that creates, I think, things that we need to take out as an adult and really re-examine. This is what my family taught me to believe. Re-examine it. If you love it, inhale it back in and say, yes, I still stand on that as my truth. But it's part of maturing to then become an adult and say, hmm, my parents or my teacher or my clergy felt this way, but I actually feel differently from that to find your authentic self. And I was honored to walk that walk with you because I know you've got deep, good feelings about your family and still had things you wanted to take out and look at and kind of say, where where am I? Where do I stand on this? You know, who am I in all of this? So, and you are a beautifully authentic uh, woman today. You've been married a long time to a wonderful man who I think of as very challenging. He's got a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> a big personality. <laughs> That's a great way to put that. It has a big personality. So y'all have been married how many years now? September will be 34 years. Congratulations. That's really wonderful. Thank you. And you've survived three daughters, or maybe you're still surviving three daughters, right? Daughters are right. not the easiest for mothers. Is that some of what you attract to yourself in your clients are maybe mothers looking at that mother-daughter relationship? I always think that's one of the toughest relationships to navigate well, because there's always that you know, dynamic of mothers and daughters that are going on. Is that part of what you work on with your clients? It is. In fact, I've got, you know, a number of teen girls that I see individually and very often their mothers show up in my women's groups. And that's one of the things that we talk about is that reconnection. I was When we moved to Wyoming, I actually was exposed to a group of individuals that put on an Amazon sisterhood, and they did a moonrite for for young ladies that were entering womanhood. And one of the things they did was a reconnection with the mothers, reforming that umbilical cord link, so to speak, that gets severed in those teen years and rebuilding that. And so I lean on that a lot. And I do have the, the, the teens and the, and the moms that they plant their feet on my 20 acres of desert and reconnect with each other themselves and the herd. And as a mom, what they brought from their mother, you know, through good, bad, or ugly, right? But what they brought in from their mom right. to believe, well, this is how you parent a daughter. And they have a chance while their daughter is a teen to say, I was doing that robotically because that's how I was raised, or I was doing it 
attempting to be as opposite to my mother as I could or whatever it is to find who they really are and what they want to do, you know, mother, daughter. I remember with my own daughter, one of my intense uh, intentions when she was little was to make sure that she grew up to be a strong woman. She grew up to be, have her own voice, have her own self, you know, to do that. Then they hit the teen years. (laughs) You're sorry you created that for a while there because they have their own voice and they have their own thoughts and they have their own everything. And as a mom, you got to breathe through that. You have to say, okay, right now that's aimed at me, but I'm glad she has that strength because out in the big world, I'm glad she has it. But it can be very, very uh, trying to do that. And I know you've raised strong daughters yourself. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. I came from brothers. I didn't have I didn't have the sister dynamic that I, you know, was brought up in. And so that was another dynamic that when I had three girls and now they're borrowing each other's clothes and they're fighting over things and I didn't have that. And so that was an interesting dynamic that I learned having three daughters and now I have the experience to be able to to help others through that when my teen girls come and see me and they're like, yeah, my sister did this. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. I've heard that before. Yeah. I had a brother too. I didn't have sisters. I remember hitting college when my roommate had had three sisters. And so borrowing my stuff was just part of her upbringing. I mean, you just walk in and you go, those earrings would go great with the outfit I have on and you borrow them. And I'd be really upset. Like, well, no, you don't just come in and take my stuff. (laughs) So (laughs) it is kind of life experience again, coming in there. So I I totally agree. (laughs) It's really a fun one. I had that same experience in college when I had a roommate and she's just borrowing my stuff. And I'm like, what the hell? You didn't even ask. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Is there an experience with a client without mentioning the client's name or, you know, keeping it anonymous, but is there an experience you've had coaching one of your clients that comes to mind when you think at a time like this, how you could best put in words what happens in a session for you or, you know, I didn't, we didn't rehearse this obviously. So I'm asking you cold to think of one, but is there a client session that stays in your heart? One that you think this was really such a true representation of what we do in EGC? The, so bullying and suicide is a really big thing. My own personal experiences and that shows up in the round pen with some clients. And I, I have to take a breath sometimes and because it's close to home. It's really close to home. The skills I learned and the work I did going through the program that helped me maneuver and get to the other side of that, a whole person, 
that's what I want to share with the client that's in the round pen that I have to stop and take a breath with. Because if I can do it and my girls can do it, my family can do it, then they can do it too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very, very touching, meaningful work. And I know that there's just clients that come across our bow that stay with us forever that, you know, we know, wow, that person came in in position A and left in position Z, you know, just so transformational as they as they really come across for sure. How do you combine or do you combine your body work your massage work. Do most of your clients take you up on that? They have a massage with you and work with your horses. How do you work with that? Do you combine them at all? Or maybe it should be the other way around. They do our gestalt work first and then get the massage. I've been a massage therapist for 18 years and I've also been laughed about, um, they need more psychology in massage school because there's so much that happens on the table that people, whether it's emotional release or they start talking about something they've never talked about with anybody else while they're getting their massage. And that's actually part of my rebranding and why I changed my name from Through the Horse to Triscoll Pathways is because I am incorporating the massage aspect more and more. And a lot happens during an actual massage. They may not be a Gestalt client yet, and they just don't know it yet. <laughs> and actually, the energy work that the horses do with the client, and I can support that because I have Reiki training as well. So more and more, as my blank canvas gets painted on here on the, my 20 acres, more and more that is happening somebody who either is a massage client becomes a gestalt client or vice versa, someone who's a gestalt client and they start feeling things in their body. And I say, you need to come in and see me. Let's let's finish that by doing a body release. I think it's a powerful combination. You know, I just finished my women's retreat up in uh, Montana. And one of the things that I always insist on is we have a, a massage person on site and everybody that is there, we're riding, we're doing this deep work and everybody takes advantage of getting that massage and it makes a huge difference. Things are so locked in the cells of the body and locked in the musculature and locked in, locked in, in our body that only really massage and Reiki can, can lift and take away. So now let's talk about the practicality of somebody coming to see you. So here's what I usually say in these podcast interviews. It doesn't matter where my practitioner lives. Traveling can be part of the experience because you get out of your own reality, your own life. You've just cleaned up where the dog barfed on the rug and you've got bills waiting for you at home and your kids need dinner. You know, there's life, right? That's happening. Sometimes it's a great advantage to get away and give yourself a gift of a couple of days to go and see somebody for you so you can be a better mom so you can be a happier person, so you can be more present and drop what's been painful for you to carry your whole life into the sand and leave it there at, at Rollins, Wyoming. So if somebody wanted to do that, Michelle, with you, they thought, I hear her voice. I think that sounds awesome to do that work, get the body work, the combination of it. Do they stay somewhere close to you? Do they stay in town? How does that work in your situation? If they said, I'm going to come in early one morning and stay overnight and stay the next day and then drive home, where do they stay? How does that work? So Rollins is a pretty small town and I just live right outside of town. Um, there are several hotels that you can stay at. Some of them are your traditional 
you know, hotel, Best Western. And we have a couple of really quaint, older, Western type hotels. There's also a bed and breakfast. That's what I was thinking because I've been to Rollins. We had lunch in Rollins and it's this, it's this wonderful Old West town. And, and really for people that are maybe coming in, they would, they would fly into where, where, what, where's your closest airport? You'd fly into either Rock Springs, Laramie or Casper, which are all an hour and a half to two hours away. And that drive is just I lived here for 12 years. Yeah, I've lived here for 12 years. And I still am in absolute awe every time because the openness and the sky and everything else is just absolutely amazing. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. It's We just crossed through. We just went through Casper, you know, up to Billings and out to the ranch. And it's stunning. And the wild horses are out there. It's really quite an experience in itself. You can feel yourself sort of opening up, you know, to get there. So I guess the thing they would do is contact you. You know where they would stay or where you could recommend for them to stay. They come out to your place, do a session, get a massage, explore Rollins, take a walk, be in the desert, go take a nap, you know, that kind of experience, do another piece of work with you. Uh, and that's how I do it. And then the next morning before they leave one more and then go back to Casper and catch their plane home. Your life is completely changed. If you can sit in front of Michelle for three sessions, it's not like traditional therapy where you need to see somebody once a week over a long period of time. Three sessions, whatever you've got going on, you're going to leave feeling lighter, freer, better, you know, stop the the nightmares, have better boundary skills, all of those kinds of things. So that's what I would suggest people do for you and for many of our grads. Obviously with horses, we don't all live in the city, right? We live where people have to travel out. And for me, that's part of the healing is, is taking that time for yourself. Michelle, thank you for this interview with me. I so appreciate you being on the podcast. Any last takeaway that you would want to give to anyone listening today? Investing in yourself is one of the best things that you can do. So often we get caught up in, well, I can't afford that or I don't have time. I'm actually suffering from a foot injury right now and I'm having to take the time. And that reminder, we can't give to others if we're not filled up ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or if we have a part of us that is fractured way deep down inside, until that fracture is made whole, you're operating in less than you possibly can be. And so sitting with you, with someone such as yourself trained in our method, um, it's it's a life-changing experience. And I am so glad you found me, so glad you were at that expo. And I'm so happy for all the people in the lives that you're out there changing uh, every day. So really appreciate that. Hope your foot gets better for sure, my friend. I want to thank Hope Through Horses. So Hope Through Horses is a nonprofit foundation that does a lot for my organization, Touched by a Horse. If you have an interest in our program, you can get a handbook from my office at Touch by Horse, just ask for a handbook, send you all the information for anything like that that you're interested in for any one of our programs. And Hope Through Horses, as a nonprofit, does some scholarship for our program. They do some assistance for people. Say you wanted to fly out to see Michelle and you think, I just don't have the money and I really want to go see her and I know it would change my life, but I need a little assistance to do that. 
Hope Through Horses is an organization that can work with you to give you that kind of assistance on a needs basis. So they're a fantastic company. Please look them up, hopethroughhorses.com. And I want to thank you again, my friend. Have a wonderful, beautiful, blessed day. And thanks for being on our podcast. Thanks, Melissa. It was an absolute joy to do that today. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.